Okay, and the chairman of Cape Town City, Mr. John Komitis, joins us on the line. John, good evening. Thanks for speaking to us here on SAFM tonight. Good evening. Thank you. Thanks, John. Good win over Chiefs last night. I'm sure you slept better. Um, how was the mood around the team or in the team after that win? First win of the season. Well, obviously, there's a lot of pressure. There's been a lot of pressure on us from the beginning. And uh, whilst we've been playing some decent football, uh, the results haven't come our way. And... Uh, you know, that just adds to the pressure. So when you're able to beat uh, Kaiser Chiefs, it's always uh, a very big booster for the morale of the team. And and w- did you think the win was coming? It was just around the corner, John. Are we really concerned about the slow start to the season and feeling the pressure that you're talking about? No, I was I was very I was very sure that the team was going to bounce back. The the football we're playing and the uh, the balance of the team and the quality of the players that we have was a matter of time it was you know you, you you will always have a bad patch during the course of the season we just had one at the start you know so I'm, I'm i'm very confident that this team will be dabbling well into the top eight positions i'm sure you had some conversations with the coach what what, what does he say led to the slow start this season i think a little bit of unfortunate uh, moments you know we also had the situation where our goalkeeper left us because mm-hmm. we had a um very personal matter that he had to attend to back at home. His mind was not on the game, and he disclosed that to us when he left. Um, you know, but cost us two very important goals in the first three games. And you know, put up his hand and he says, "My mind's not here. I need to go home." Uh, you know, add that to the mix, it, it just doesn't you know allow us to get off the starting blocks when you you've played enough football to win the game, and you know you end up losing it. Yeah. And and did his departure come as a surprise goalkeeper of the season last last season, John, or or do you understand his reasons for going back to Angola? No, it, 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 in fact, he was supposed to go back to Portugal, and and that's why we you know we we released him to go to to his family because mm. he had a situation. And unfortunately, he found the moment where he then resolved his problem and decided to then go then on to Angola and, and sign for another club. So we were left wanting, but uh, at the same time, we understood that you know he had to do certain things for his family, and uh, on compassionate reasons, we we released him. Well, thankfully, you've got Darren Kitt, who's been there. It's a great chance for him, also, just to remind people what he's about. I think that's why we made that decision. We were very confident that Darren's ready, more than ready, and uh, has a lot to offer to this team and to South African football still. And I think you saw it yesterday. Yeah. And then, and then Bongani, did you have to give him a call to come back then? Yeah, we were very fortunate. He was about to sign for another club and uh, he still had uh, passion for our, our team and uh, we were able to convince him to come back and you know join us literally within 24 hours. We had him signed up. And he was on the bench. But, but for Darren, do you think he still has something to prove? How's the hunger? Is it still there, John? No, it's more than it's more than there. He, he he's uh, he's a pillar of strength at the back there. The way he speaks in the change room, off the pitch, uh, you can see he's got that winning mentality. He's tasted uh, uh, winning the league before, so you can see he's bringing that experience to to the younger players. So uh, it's a fantastic asset to the club.
And, and there are quite a few little-known signings that you've made. I know Darwin Gonzalez was hit the ground running this season, was signed earlier in the year. There's Bender, the American, Ambina also. How do you find these guys, John? What's your scouting network like? We've got a team that uh, every day are watching, are watching uh, footage from all over Africa uh, and, and, and the rest of the world, especially there's a, there's a lot of South Africans out there that have uh, relationships still with South Africa and... Uh, you know, we keep our finger on the pulse, and when we see something, we're already working towards next season, uh, you know, and the guys are working around the clock looking for certain positions already, knowing that in anticipation of certain players that we've already got a lot of interest from European clubs. So, you know, it's it's you have to be one step ahead in order to do this, and, you know, then we bring the players, you have a good look, and make a decision. It's difficult to buy guys off a, off a TV screen and, you know, footage, it's best to have them here and, you know, we find those opportunities and we, we act on them. And Darwin now, do you think the few months in South Africa have helped him have, have helped him settle now because he looks like probably the player that you bought? Yeah, he, he's really settled down very nicely. And, uh, you know, we saw his uh, pre-season statistics, the speed that he was, you know, he was at and the, the fitness that he had. And you can see it now, it's starting to show on the pitch. He had a proper pre-season which allowed him to be able to do all this. So uh, we're expecting a lot from him still. And uh, there's a couple of other players that are quietly in the background that will show their show their ability in the very near future. But I guess it also helps that you've, you've, you've kept some of the stalwarts of the club. I know you've lost a few players, but the likes of Tabo Nodada, every transfer window is linked with a move somewhere. Has it been tough to keep him or is it just talk in the, in the media, John? A lot of it is talk in the media, but, you know, he deserves a break. He's given this club full service for six years with the greatest attitude. So if there is an opportunity for him that he can improve his personal situation, we certainly would assist him. But uh, it's important to keep the balance in the team. You know, we can't just release a whole bunch of experienced players and hope for the best. You know, we have to balance that with bringing in one or two younger players. And uh, we seem to have a good rhythm and a good balance of... That works for us. So at this stage, you know, we're always open for opportunities, but at the same time, we're always looking to bring in better players, you know, into the mix. And, and now that you've got your first win of the season, then do you think you can still achieve your objectives this season? I heard you mention top eight. Is that is that the target? No, I think, to be honest, I, I might always top four, but uh, at this stage, we have to be a little bit modest. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you can close the 16 gap or somebody can close the 16 point gap on sundowns from last season? Um, I don't think it's going to be a runaway season this year, to be very honest. Um, you know, I've just seen the score of sundowns now, which, you know, obviously uh, makes you pay attention again. But uh, somehow I don't think it's going to be a runaway season. I think the, the league is a bit more balanced this year. There's been a lot of changes everywhere. And uh, I think we'll still see a few surprises. Yeah. You're also playing Kef football uh, this season. How do you look at it? Is it an exciting opportunity or is it a challenge? That it the, is. Uh, it yeah. is. The team is gearing for this. It's <laughs> something new. It's a new experience. Uh, everyone wants to participate in it. And, you know, it's obviously going to be challenging uh, on the flag and taxing. But I think uh, we, we're ready for it. Uh, we want to uh, to make a good outing for, for our sake and obviously for the sake of South African football. So it's an important uh, competition for us, and uh, you know I'm keeping my fingers crossed we can get through the first couple of rounds and get to the group stages.
I guess it will also help boost the profile of the club on the continent, eh, John? I think, of course, it will. And uh, we already have a, a reputation for, you know, having decent players that we can move to Europe. Mm. I think this experience will open that door further, but it will also assist us to find players as well during the during the trips and that. So we've got a team that travels with for that particular reason. Ah. So we're keeping ourselves very very awake on, on every moment and every opportunity there. Okay, for those who are just joining us, we're just catching up with the chairman of Cape Town City, Mr. John Committees. We do welcome your comments or questions. 0614104107 is the number for voice note and our studio line is 0860002032. We'll just take a break and we'll come back after this. Leading sport stories of the day on SAFM. I did say we welcome your voice notes or your questions for comments for Mr. John Comites. Let's play the few that we've received. Uh, good evening, Tabisa, and good evening to Mr. John Comites. Uh, I have got two questions for Mr. John Comites. Uh, I remember a couple of months ago or even a year ago, uh, I think two years back, if I'm not mistaken, you mentioned that you were finding it difficult to, you know, to to maybe convince the city of Cape Town to give you land uh, to build uh, your own stadium as Cape Town City, because I see that the Cape Town Stadium will be very busy over the next few months with the concerts and Rabbi Sevens World Cup. Possibly you will need to move out and play your, some of your games at the Arthurland Stadium. Where is that process currently um, of getting the city of Cape Town to give you land so that you can build your own stadium? And then lastly, time so. I must commend Cape Town City's um, media and communication or marketing uh, staff there. They are doing very well. I like their social media pages. They are very innovative. I like their digital platforms for me. Um, I think in these days where some of the PSL teams for me, I just feel like they are not doing enough to market their teams. Cape Town City, congratulations. Thank you. From a Chiefs fan, Libra. Yeah, hello, Taviso. Look, I just want to ask the chairman, is it true that he said the games of Chiefs will be 100 rand the tickets and for Pirates will be 80 rand and then the rest will be 40 rand? Is it true that he said that? Evening, Taviso. I would like to thank John Committees for his great leadership uh, putting together Cape Town City. Uh, my question to him is that has he received any European offers for Kanisa Mayo? Because he has been very impressive since last season. Thank you. Bye. Mr. Committees, your team, Cape Town City, seems to be always in trouble with the laws of the PSL. In other words, regular offenders. Do you think the punishment do fit the crime when you are punished to pay the other money and another one is suspended? Kanjo. Okay, thanks for those voice notes. There, maybe we'll start from the top, uh, John. The issue about the land and the stadium being used by rugby, by every a, a, everybody. Are you, do you still have plans for your own stadium? Um, we, we certainly are pursuing, still trying to get our own stadium uh, erected out in uh, in Hartleyvale. 
uh, we believe that that is the game changer for for any club, and, and, and we want to show South African football the difference between playing a game out of a stadium that you control completely and playing one out of uh, that you have to borrow and use and share with others. Unfortunately, you have challenges, and we have ma- major challenges in Cape Town, even compared to the rest of the country, when it comes to city services, when it comes to um, the, the approach of, of the authorities regarding our, our games, uh, they make us put excessive security because of the way they treat our fans compared to other fans, which is very uh, not appreciated. Um, and it puts us under tremendous pressure to sustain our club uh, playing out of these beautiful stadiums like Cape Town Stadium. Cape Town Stadium themselves have really welcomed us, but it, you know, at the end of the day, by the time you look at the bottom line, like yesterday, we were in for close close to 800,000 rand to use that stadium huh. yesterday. You know, how do we pay that unless we charge the the right price for it? And uh, it's very difficult for us because, you know, at the end of the day, those fees go up every year. You know, we've been charging 40 rand at the gate for the last uh, seven years that I've been around. That's been our price. We've never put it up. And you can still come and watch a game at 40 rand, which is the 11 games we play. But the four games, we've obviously categorized them because the stadium has become uh, extremely expensive to rent. Um, and it puts us under pressure and it puts everyone under pressure. But how do you feel? Yeah, sorry, John. I was I was going to ask. How do you feel? I mean, it's a World Cup stadium. It's a football stadium, but it looks like um, a foot, football is the tenant here, and it's more a rugby stadium and everything else now. Well, to me, the biggest challenge is really the pitch, more than anything. You know, the the time-wise, we can we can work together, and we can certainly have a program that works for both uh, both entities at least at this point until we find something different or we build our own. Um, you know, Athlone is there. You can't fault Athlone on the on the quality of the pitch, and uh, they've certainly improved the stadium inside. And you know, they've made a big effort. We just find it very challenging for our fans to go out to Athlone uh, because it, it it excludes a certain sector of the market when we play uh, at Athlone. And you know, you need corporates involved as well to make it work. So the the Cape Town Stadium has those opportunities, but it's still uh, new for us. And, uh, you know, we haven't had a chance to really get the corporates behind, you know, to assist with with the funding and, and take suites and things like that. But, um, you know, they, they threw in the first 21 days, uh, you know, we had to play Sundowns, Chiefs and Stellenbosch. Those are three of our four big games in the season. And they threw them all, kept, uh, the, the, the league fixed them all in the first 21 days. And, and we, we requested a review on the fixtures and we were told, sorry, that's the way it is. Um, you know, so that's when I get upset with, with the league because, you know, they're trying to help you promote your games and that, but then they go and fixture you three games in 21 days. Now, in other clubs have also got those challenges. I'm not the only one in them. And that's why I'm saying we need to have a review as to how we do our fixtures. Uh, you know, to play a Kaiser Chiefs game in Cape Town on a Tuesday night is, is not the right way to market the game. Um, but then somebody has to play in midweek, so... You know, I, I can't complain because, you know, others do the same. But we need to be mindful that Chiefs comes to Cape Town once 
in the season. So, you know, those are the things that we can improve at the league. And uh, I think that there is intention to do so. And, you know, we have to listen to, you know, our uh, our marketing uh, 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 minds re- related to, you know, make growing the game and getting the fans behind uh, behind the team. So uh, these are the challenges we have. And, uh, you know, then we need to also assess which which show which games are big games and which which are not and not necessarily uh, linked to the big teams it's it's always about what what are the crowd pullers and what are the ones that we could raise the price on knowing that there's a demand for it which is a normal business principle you know if you want to go and watch Justin Bieber you're going to pay 3000 rand a ticket uh, you know if you want to go and watch uh, Cubsa at the nightclub you pay maybe 200 rand a ticket so it depends who who you're going to see, uh, but that's the way that's the way you know the market controls uh, things. But uh, as I said, it's it's something we need to be mindful of because we're still dealing with the football fan, which is not in the sector of the market as the rugby, and we need to be mindful of that. But we can only do so much, you know, when we get charged those exorbitant fees to play in the stadium especially that they were built for football. So these are the things that uh, we're constantly, you know, challenging ourselves and, and the authorities with. And I must say there's always been a willingness, but, you know, Cape Town has always been almost difficult to convince. The other, other municipalities assisting, uh, other municipalities assisting uh, uh, the, the local football PSL clubs for... You know, with funding as well. You know, we don't we don't have the luxury of that. So that's what I'm saying. It, it, it takes everybody to understand. You know, how how important is it for Cape Town to have a PSL club? And you know, it's extremely important for their profile. You know, you want to be a, a city that represents uh, major tourism and that. You've got to have a top football club. But then you've got to support that football club. You can't just leave us on our own to manage everything and pay for all the costs that are related to us playing games in, in Cape Town. Yeah. So these are the things that we constantly fight fight for in the background. And, uh, you know, we, we love playing out of the Cape Town Stadium. But at the end of the day, until we control the entire environment, we're always going to be in this situation. And uh, that can only happen if you build your own stadium. Yeah. So, so the review that you were talking about that you asked for for the fixture list, John, was it just the days that the games are being scheduled? Like you're saying, Chiefs on a Tuesday night, you probably feel you could have got yeah. more fans on a Saturday. It would have been easier for the fans to come over the weekend. Yes, of course. You've got to be mindful of a lot of things in Cape Town. You know, security, uh, transport, and I suppose that exists everywhere in the country. So, you know, we can't just blame the PSL because that's, you know, somebody has to play midweek. There's too, there's not enough weekends that everybody gets to play Chiefs and Pirates on the weekend. But if you see historically, you'll never see Kaiser Chiefs playing Pirates in midweek. Ever. And the reason is because the fixture process has, has an ability to put certain parameters in it. And then it kicks out the, the fixture. It's a, it's a software. So if you put certain things in the parameters, then at least you get a better balanced fixture. So we, we need, as clubs, to participate in that process. At the end of the day, it's our product, the clubs themselves. So we have to have a bit of a balance 
for the sake of all the clubs equally. And we understand that certain games need to be played on the weekend. But then, you know, there's not just one game that's important. There's a lot of games that are important for the growth of the PSL in general. So that procedure has to be challenged and has to be, you know, more transparent for us to know, you know, what participation can we have in the software before we go knock out a fixture. It can't be possible that we play Chiefs, Sundowns and Stellenbosch, which are three of our four biggest games in 21 days and all at home. How can I expect the fans to pay three times in a row to come and watch three big games? It's, it's, so these are the little things that we can improve our product in whole, in, in, in general, as the PSL. And I think there is obviously always willingness by the PSL, but you know the clubs have to realize they have to participate in achieving this process and a balanced process for all the clubs. You know, it's it's and, and and I'm sure in every city they want to have that kind of event highlighted and made into a big event. It helps the city, it helps the local club. You know, if, if Richards Bay gets every big club going there and playing midweek, how are they going to build a brand? You know, so every club will need some kind of balance in that. So that process has to become something that we apply a lot of a lot of attention to before we start a season, especially in light of the fact that we have the stadiums to be able to have good entertainment and to have an, a fan experience that uh, that rugby has enjoyed for so many years. Yeah. And then the, there was a question about the tickets. I know there was a lot of talk about the tickets being 100 rand for Kaiser Chiefs. You classified it as a Category A game, which you explained the cost of this game. So which other matches then are in this category? or How do, how do you classify so, other so, matches? So Chiefs, Chiefs would be at uh, Category A. Then, uh, then we would have uh, um, um, Pirates in, in B, Sundowns and Stellenbosch and then the rest are D, D being the 40 Rand tickets. But then what we also do, uh, you know, which is we're not, not uh, you know, we, we don't just do something like that and then not think, okay, in the long term, how does that affect the fans? If you pay 500 Rand and you buy a season ticket, mm. uh, you can watch 15 games, which comes to 33 Rand a game. So, so you can watch all 15 games and then effectively cost you 33 rand to watch Kaiser Chiefs and 33 rand to watch Pirates and 33 rand to watch all the other games. So we have a mechanism to assist the fans. And obviously, what are we doing? We're trying to create fans for ourselves, heart-based fans. You know, We play in Cape Town. We want Cape Town City fans. Of course, we appreciate all fans that are that make up what, what, the, what the games are made up of. And of course, historically, we know the fans of Chiefs of great fans down here in Cape Town. Likewise with Pirates and Sundowns. You know, Sundowns is a growing fan base. We achieved the record of 23,000 people at the Sundowns game, something we've never done. It used to be 15 and 16. And that's because of their success. So it's great to, to see that growth. But uh, at the same time, you know, the expenses are growing at the Cape Town Stadium. And uh, we need to be very mindful as to how we're going to manage all this. But but do you do you then understand the concerns from the supporters who've come out in their numbers, like you're saying? But they're saying that hundred rand is a bit too much for for a ticket, especially if they have to bring. Um, I mean, you don't come alone to the stadium; they come three or four people to the stadium. Look, I can understand that, but as I said, we have a mechanism where they could 
possibly participate if you know in in, in a season ticket uh, scenario that's one of the opportunities mm. the other thing is at the end of the day you come into a world class stadium with world class facilities okay and you can't expect to be paying what you paid 4 years ago and 5 years ago every year while the prices of the stadium go up year on year we know otherwise we're just going to go bankrupt how are we going to cover 800,000 800, rand that we, that it cost us yesterday? You know, so the first 800,000 rand that that comes in goes towards paying all the facilities and amenities and all these extra securities that they make us pay. To me, we overpaid by 200,000 rand yesterday. Mm. Categorically, I can tell you that because we set up the stadium for 30,000. They gave us, they made us set up the stadium for 40,000 security. And I knew that we were going to get nothing more than 20. And what did we get? 18,500. Mm. Why? Because it's a Tuesday night. It's midweek. It's before payday. And it's 100 rand. So, so you know, uh, if, if, if the city worked with us a little bit closer and understood that we understand our product and our fans, you know, we could have saved 200,000 rand yesterday. We could pass that on to the to the tickets, and that would maybe reduce the tickets to 80 rand. You know, these are the little things we you know we deal with every day in the background, and we try so hard to balance it because at the end of the day, we're mindful of the kind of supporter we have, and the very very loyal supporters that we have for football. You know, we may be Cape Town City, but chief supporters come to watch us in any case. You don't get that in, in many countries, where the other fans come to watch your game when you're playing Pirates and when you're playing another club. Um, so, you know, we have to respect that and we have to appreciate that. But we still have to pay the, we still have to pay the accounts. So then how do we avoid these things from happening again, John? Does everybody sit together? Is it a discussion between the league, the city, and everybody that's involved? Or does the league li- need to listen to its members, well, like you said? You know, it would be appreciated if the league could participate in assisting clubs that find it difficult with certain municipalities and certain things, and uh, they've done so in the past. And when I had uh, previously engaged the security officers of the league who had flown down to negotiate with us, there was a lot more attention paid by the city. They, you know, they kind of realized that, you know, this is not, you can't just bully us into making us do things in Cape Town because, you know, that's the way you want to do things. You've got to listen to to the to the organizers of the game and, and you know the the custodians of the game. So anyway, that that that's something that we need to work with, and uh, you know we just hope that uh, we can keep the costs uh, manageable. And you know I think after these two games, last two games, the Stellenbosch and uh, Kaiser uh, and Kaiser Chiefs, we'll be able to sit with the city again and say, you see, we overdid it, we overgeared, we overcompensated here. And we need to be mindful of the costs that are involved with it. Okay, we are speaking to Cape Town City Chairman and owner John Comitis. We'll just take a short break and we'll wrap up after this break. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Okay, Pirates have scored in Orlando against Marumo Gallants. That's the only game I have on the TV. It's 1-0 after 14 minutes. I'll give you the other results before the end of the show or the other live scores. John, as we wrap up now, there was a question about the issues with the sponsorship. I mean, we saw the season got off to a dramatic dramatic start for you with that court issue after bringing on FNB. The matter was resolved, according to the prosecutor this week. Are you satisfied with the outcome? Is that the end of it for you now? 
No, I think uh, there's a misunderstanding about what we were prosecuted for. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a, there was an administrative process for you to get a sponsorship approved, and uh, one of the processes that is that we have to provide the league before we sign the contract with a copy of the contract. Now, uh, with respect to the rule, which is something I think we have to raise at the next uh, Board of Governors, um, how do you bring a contract unsigned to your competitors to approve mm. in, in the board? You know, you, you run the risk of anything. So the thing is that we've done this before. We've got a contract, and, and not the first time, and before that, that we sign the contract with a sponsor, and then we present it to the league and the exco, which are all other club owners and CEOs, and that they must decide if it's approved or not. Now, respectfully, there are rules that govern this, and uh, those were the ones that were passed. Uh, whilst you know I'm part of that, we have to abide by those rules. Um, I certainly think that we need to review those rules because I don't think that makes uh, business fair sense to expect your competitors to be approving your sponsorship deals. Um, But it is what it is, so we have to accept it. And what we did is provided them with a signed contract as opposed to an unsigned one. And uh, so we didn't, so we broke one of the rules of the procedure. So we were fined for for not following that procedure properly. That doesn't impact on the merits of uh, whether we can have a sponsorship on our shirt or not by FNB. And um, I'm hoping that would be resolved in the next uh, few days, by which we have now finally received the indicators from the sponsors as to what the, what they're concerned about in the content of the sponsorship. So and, that there's uh, another matter that's outstanding then. It's not done yet. Well, the main well, issue is still yet. outstanding. Well, the main issue is to have the, shirt, the sponsor on our shirt and to be able to and be allowed to do so. Mm. Um, Whilst we're doing it now, it's because we have a court order permitting us to do so until we resolve this. So we we are, uh, you know, we've been given the opportunity at last to uh, put some representation in terms of the concerns. And I'm very confident that uh, we can relay all the concerns that the PSL has got. And that would be the right thing to do because I'm part of the PSL. So we, we, we have to be mindful of the bigger picture, which is the well-being and health of the PSL and its sponsors. So, you know, we, we, we act responsibly, but at the same time, we, you know, we didn't follow the procedure to the letter because we'd already done that once before, twice before, in fact. And on both occasions, the sponsorship was approved with the signed contract. And then all of a sudden, we, it wasn't. Now it was a problem. So, respectfully, uh, you know, I thought by means of their actions, it meant that it wasn't a rule as, as such. It was like a guide to as to how to do things. But it seemed to be that uh, we got stuck on that. And if I follow the book and the rule, uh, the league is 100% correct. Mm. So yeah. we, we'll leave it at that because again, it's it's not about the merits. Of having the sponsor, that will be dealt with hopefully in the next uh, two weeks, and we'll you know we'll have that resolved.
Okay. And just finally, John, the last one on this and the last one of our conversation. Does the prosecutor still have jurisdiction on these matters, Zolama Javu? Because we were told the last time that he was only brought back for the last season. It's a new season now. According to you who sits in this meeting, what's his status? You know, we, 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 we stick to the rules and that's the way we do things. But then we must do that for everything, not when it suits us and when it doesn't suit us. And unfortunately, if I go by the book, the last I know was the executive, there was a resolution that Mr. Majavu was, his contract came to an end, and he must stay on board to finish the current cases that he was still dealing with. And that ended there with a resolution. There's been no other resolution passed by the executive. And if you look at the rules of the league, because now we talk rules, no, let's talk rules. It says that the executive has the authority to appoint a prosecutor. But Mr. Majavu came to the meeting and said that the chairman appointed him. So he had a meeting with the chairman. And he says, we must call the chairman. Now, he's put the chairman in a very difficult position because I'm saying the rules that the chairman has the authority to, to uh, appoint the prosecutor. So... You know, for us, they'll appoint another prosecutor. We'll still get prosecuted. That's not the point. The point is that how did he have the authority to do so in the first place? And I think he's compromised the chairman because I don't see it in the rules. Unless unless I'm reading a wrong set of rules, I'm not sure. But it says in the rules the executive has the right to appoint uh, the prosecutor. And... uh, in this instance, being part of the executive, I haven't seen any resolution passed by the executive for Mr. Majava to continue prosecuting on new cases. But as I said, at the end of the day, um, when they do appoint a new prosecutor, he will have the right to charge us for the same thing, and we will be charged. So it's not about me challenging my charge. It's about, you know, you want to follow the rules, let's follow all of them. That's all I'm saying. Okay, John. No, thanks for the clarity. Uh, we're going to have to leave it here just because of time, but thanks for engaging us and for the insight uh, tonight and all the best for the rest of the season. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. That's the Cape Town City owner and chairman, uh, Mr. John Akometis, giving us a lot here to um, think about and to probably talk about over the next few days. It's so much. I can't even keep up with the tweeting and trying to listen with one ear and trying to... <laughs>